0: Yeah, we are in a series, uh, this series, Know Your Yes, and I am really excited about this series, and the reason I'm so excited is it was a ton of years ago, I can't even tell you how many years ago, that Alice Shirey brought this idea to our small group uh, of uh, assignments and opportunities, and she said, okay, guys, let's just think about what are your assignments? What have you been assigned to do? Uh, things that you've already committed to. So you guys are parents. We have three boys. You know, and they have, all of our small group had kids. You're your parents. You're a spouse. You have a, you have a spouse. You you're assigned to that. You have a house. You have a yard. You have a job. You have volunteer things that you're committed to doing. You know, just think about it. and List if you want to. List out what are your assignments. And now, like, estimate how much time do you think your assignments take? How much time in your week, in your day, do your assignments take? And then she said, now, what do you think is left over? Like a big zero, right? When you're a, when you're a young family and you list out what you're assigned to do, what you have already committed to do, it's like there's almost nothing left. And she said, now take whatever's left and bring it to the next column, and that's what you have time for, opportunities, you know, things that are more uh, on what you're choosing to do. And just being aware just being aware of how small of amount of time we had for opportunities was actually very freeing. It was very freeing because you stopped looking for things. It was very similar to the first time someone helps you run through your budget and you figure out you know, all the things that you owe and you draw the line and you have leftover zero, nothing, Right? and it's terrible, but on the other hand, it's freeing, because why? Because when you're like, hey, there's a snowmobile," nope, no, there's no buying anything, right? You don't look for anything, you don't think about those things as much. There's something freeing about that. So I'm excited about this series, because I hope if you come away with nothing from my talk, just the overall big picture of assignments and opportunities, and what you're assigned to is already filling your plate, probably. Um, now as we get older <laughs> i'm pointing at jeff old man over there uh <laughs> some more time comes up for uh, opportunities anyway so that's assignments and opportunities now within that my topic is leading on empty leading on empty so there's this times in your life where you still have a list of assignments you still have a list of things that you're assigned to do and yet your soul your, your, your energy, your, your motivation is really low, is really low, like on empty. And how do you do that then? How do you keep doing your assignments then? Okay, so so uh, I love bicycling, um, and I love weird, geeky data, so uh, this slide here is my bicycle ride. Um, I don't care if you can't see it, the, uh, because I don't want you to, to totally analyze the data, but. The top line is my speed. That's actually the number, if you really are into cycling, that you care the least about. The next line is my power in watts that I was outputting. The next line is my heart rate. The next line is my cadence, how fast my pedals were going around. And the next line is the temperature of the day. So this is about a seven hour and 15 minute ride. Uh, I was actually pedaling the pedals for six hours and 15 minutes, maybe something like that. Here's what I want you to see, though. Pay most attention to the heart rate line, okay? So the first stage, the next slide, the first stage is uh, I decided that for the first 25 miles or so, I was just gonna be chilling with friends. I was just, this was an event, this was kind of a race. I'm not a racer, but I'm in events where other people are racing, I'm not. Uh, (laughs) My first 25 miles I decided I was just gonna be chilling with my friends, I was gonna be talking, I was gonna be having fun. So my heart rate there is like really low. It might be higher right now than it was then. Like, my body doesn't know that I'm riding my bike yet. Then my plan, this was my plan all along. I was going to, after about 25 miles, I was going to actually start doing the work. The next stage is the work. And and I had a very specific idea of how I was going to work. I was going to have a certain cadence. I was going to have a certain heart rate. And I was going to try to maintain a certain power. Again, speed, you just don't care about it. It's kind of the result of those other numbers. Uh, So I was going to do the work, and in my plan, in my head, that phase lasted the rest of the ride. Just work till you're done. Well, my plan, best laid plans, right, don't always come true. So you can see that last phase is, is watch, look at that heart rate. Uh, There's a problem. This is a problem. I get to um, New Hartford, and I take a break, and I'm like thinking to myself, you know, I'm actually doing really well. I'm keeping to my plan. My power is high. no. No, no, I get back on my bike and my legs were like, we're done. That's it. I, we thought that was the finish line. It was ridiculous. There was nothing left. Nothing left. And I was getting cramps. I was on the side of the road stretching and stuff. And there was just only willpower that was keeping me going. There was nothing left in the tank. Only willpower was making my legs move. Do you feel this? Only only the sheer will i should i would have stopped and if i wasn't in new hartford for crying out loud right i needed to get home uh so i in fact the fun, the last funny thing i was I, I finished the race i'm leaning against this wall dying and i hear somebody come to the race uh organizer and say hey there's a guy out there that looks like he's not going to make it you might want to go rescue him and i'm laying there like nope i'm here but I didn't tell her just in case there was another guy in worse shape than me, <laughs> who was actually face down in the ditch. Anyway, anyway, this is what it looks like. This is what it looks like. This exact graph could be my life too, right? I get out, I get out of college and I have this first phase and I'm chilling with friends, right? And my heart is fine, it's like, okay, we're, we're going. And then my plan of my life is I'm gonna do the work and I'm gonna work and I'm gonna, that's gonna finish out my life. And then you know, it's not how it worked. You know, one day I'm like, I'm done, I'm done. And it's just sheer willpower that moves my legs from my car to my desk. There's nothing left in the tank to go in there. But willpower moves you forward. Now guys, this is a serious situation that all of you will face. There's, there's, there's reading, there's data that's saying, if you're 50 or older, you are going to have this. Like, it's just, it's just almost inevitable. And if you're not 50, then you're going to have this, because you're gonna get there. There are things we can do. So I started studying, I started learning about this. What happens when this happens to you? And so I'm gonna to try to bring some things that I've learned. Okay, we're going to start, though, in Genesis, because all good sermons do. This is the thing. This is where I'm heading. The only way to fill your tank is through rhythms and through rest and through, and through following up on God's creation, how you were made. So I want, to, I want to introduce you to a way of reading Genesis 1. If you're reading Genesis 1 as if it were a science textbook or as if it were a legal document, then you're not seeing everything that's there. I really wanted to say you're doing it wrong. That's what I think, but what I should say is you're not seeing what's there. Genesis one is a poem, Genesis one is rhythm. Genesis one starts the motor moving. And what's important to see in Genesis one is that it's got a rhythm and a pattern and that that's how you were made and that's how we were created. So you, you may know I also love jazz. I listen to jazz all the time. So when I read Genesis 1, and I'm going to introduce you to this, there's just jazz all through it, right? So picture, if you will, there's a bass player standing right here. Bass players are always very cool with a little sort of goatee thingy. And there's a drummer sitting right here with his brushes out. And they start us. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness, and he called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. Right, Oh, my heavens. The bass players are the coolest guys. And God said, let there be an expanse between the waters to separate water from water. And God made the expanse, and he separated the water under the expanse from the water above it, and it was so. And God called the expanse sky, and there was evening, and there was morning, the second day. And it goes, right? And there was evening. And there was morning the third day, and the fourth day, and the fifth day. And we turn the page and we get to Genesis chapter 2, and the, the heavens were completed and all, and the earth in all their vast array. And by the seventh day, God had finished the work He was doing. On the seventh day, He rested from all His work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it He rested from all the work of creating he had done. Dum 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 dum. Right? It's so cool. It's so cool and it's so it just starts it, right? It starts this rhythm. It starts you were this is you were created in a rhythm. You were created to follow a beat. This is inside of you. Now, I love the skeptical looks. Those are my favorite. We're going to keep going. Leviticus comes, and God is teaching us how to be a nation, how to be people. And in Leviticus, there's all these things that are like, this is how you should live, this is what you should do. And one part in Leviticus, he says, this is how you should rest. This is how you should rejuvenate. This is how you should fill the tank when the tank is empty. This is how you should live in rhythm with me. In Leviticus 23 and Leviticus 25 He tells us how to do that. In Leviticus 23, it starts with, on six days, you should do your work. Ta, 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 ta. And on the seventh day, rest. One, two, three, four, five, six, rest. And you should do that pattern all the time. Six Every six days, you should work. And on the seventh day, you should rest. Then Leviticus 23 keeps going. It says, hey, guess what? There's bigger patterns than that. Do that pattern And then when you add those up Every now and then You need a longer rest One of them He he introduces all kinds of different uh, days That they should rest But he has three like these big ones These big rests Passover is the first one It's a week long rest It's the first month of every year And then just If you really want to be geeky about this This is just a side note First month Plus seven plus seven plus one days If that annoys you, that's fine. That pattern's gonna come back, though. Seven plus seven plus one days. Okay, then he says, 50 weeks after that, or seven times seven plus one days, weeks. There's another one. There's another long rest, a week rest. And then he says, on the seventh month, plus seven plus seven plus one days, there's another one, the the festival of the tents. That's what I call it. If you look it up, it's it's actually called the, uh, what, Tabernacles, right? The Feast of the Tabernacles. I call it tents because that's how I remember it. Uh, If you don't know this one, this is where you're supposed to move out of your house into your backyard and live in a tent for a week. Sounds like camping, right? (laughs) Sounds pretty cool. Especially when it's in your yard and you can just run in and get something out of the fridge and come back out. That's my kind of camping. Uh, Anyway, there's a Jewish festival, the Festival of Tabernacles, Right? So God's establishing, right? And then long rest. Do you see where I'm heading? We're not doing this very well, are we? Seven, 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 long rest. Now watch Leviticus chapter 25, bigger patterns. That makes a year what we just talked about. Now, every seven years, take a year off. (laughs) Who's done that? (laughs) Yeah, no. Uh, no yeah but it, but it's what but it's still what god says this is how we live this is how we rejuvenate every seven years take a year off let the land rest i love the bible it even says let your servants rest i have those let your animals rest don't make them plow i just something appeals to me about that like seeing this oxen think Whew, i don't have to do it this year anyway every seventh year let it rest Bigger pattern than that. Do that, those seven years, do that seven times, seven seven plus seven plus one of those loops, and that's called the year of Jubilee, every 50 years. Not only take a year off, but there's this like massive reset. So here's how it works. If you sold her a piece of land, and if you sold him a piece of land, then every 50 years, it's like, those things go right back to where they were. It's a huge reset button. Everything turns back to what it was supposed to be. So if you've screwed up your life in a pretty serious way, we're back. Start over. It's a spawn point for you younger people. Okay? So isn't it beautiful? It's beautiful. These verses in Leviticus that we all yawn at are just beautiful. Now, that's a pattern that I want you to see, but there's a deeper pattern. Deeper than all those sevens and ones is a pattern of death and resurrection that's through it all death and resurrection and this this is a pattern that you don't see on the surface when you're just looking back in creation story back in creation story what did it say and there was evening and there was morning the first day there was evening and there was morning the second day you're not going to think about this very often but that's upside down from how you experience the world I can almost guarantee you, if I had started this and said, when does the day start? When does the day start? You'd say morning. Morning, of course. The rooster crows, the sun comes up, everything's alive. Morning. When does the year start? Spring. Spring. The plants grow. It's the start. Nope, 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 nope. Death and resurrection is the pattern. There was evening and there was morning the first day. The day starts when the sun dies. The day starts when the sun dies. Death is potential. Death leads to resurrection. This is going to come back. This is going to be important. Death and resurrection. When does a month start? A month starts when the moon dies. The new moon festivals that Jesus enacted, that God enacted, death of the moon is when the month starts. When does the year start? (laughs) The year starts around Passover. Death everywhere. When Egypt was fully into their slavery. When God was just about, but hadn't, to pull them out and rescue them. That's when the year starts. When death is at its peak. Death and resurrection. In our minds, this is upside down, and this makes significant differences in how you think, and in how you behave, and in why your tank is empty. We think life precedes death, and since we think that, that makes us think, live, 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 until I die. Do everything I can, until I die. This is my one chance, this is my one life, this is my one day, live it all. That is us, right? everything about us is seize the day make the moment take it time because you're gonna be old and die it gets us it gets us and it takes discipline to live a different way to live a way in which you understand that death leads to life death and resurrection is the big pattern now that's a little confusing so I'm gonna give you some examples Every morning when I wake up, every morning when I wake up, I have a choice between life and death. And here's how it works. When I wake up, the thing I want to do is eat a granola bar and get to work. I just, I just want to get out of my house and get to work. I want to get started in my day that's choosing life, that's choosing living it, that's choosing me, that's choosing making things happen, that's choosing when things were at its worst, that's choosing trying to fix things. And every day I have to try, I don't always win, I have to try to make a conscious choice to die first, to let go first, to sit in silence, to sit in quietness, to think that I'm not the one who's running the world. And it's a struggle. Even though I know all the benefits of that time that I spend. It's a struggle to convince myself to die first. To let go first. To to give God space. And on the days when I do it, it's different. Life's different on the other side. That's a daily pattern, right? I have to do this every day. I have to convince myself. Starting with death is the best thing. I was talking, I hope I don't steal Doug's future thunder. I was talking to Doug about this and he was like, isn't it amazing that you, if you really do think your day starts when you go to sleep, right? You spend your first half of your day dead. Isn't it amazing? Wake up though and de- that's, that's a pattern you have to do. Now, you have a weekly pattern and the same struggle happens, right? Now, don't lie to me, in your house, like my house, there's this moment where you're like, hey, are you going to orchard this morning? Are we doing that? Because I got a lot on my agenda today. I mean, it's super duper important that my yard is shorter tonight than it is this morning, right? Coming here, coming to worship is choosing death first because it's choosing to let go. It's choosing to honor God. It's choosing to not be the one who's running things. Right? It's big weekly pattern. Then, then there's yearly or, um, or, or, or seasonal patterns. Choosing to die in order to restore yourself is super important. But not, we're ba- I'm bad at it. Some of you are like me. When I go on vacation sometimes, it's like, let's say I'm going to South Carolina. It's like, we're going to win South Carolina. Right? We're going to beat it. We're going to do everything there is to do. We're going to look on the internet and everything there is, we're going to do it. Because it's our one chance to be in South Carolina. And so if we don't see it all and do it all, then we've missed something. We've vacationed that way for a long time. Or, I mean, some of you don't have a choice. You have kids. And Dave Bartlett taught us it's not a vacation at that point. It's a family trip, right? It's, <laughs> right? But you're there and you're like, what are we going to do? And when are we going to do it? And is there restoration in that? Or is there, when you come back to work, everyone's saying, man, I'm glad I'm back at work after Christmas, because whoo, right, right? What's restorative about that? Last year, uh, I went to Park City, Utah, and I think I had the first rest vacation I've ever had. I mean, I had really no choice at that point, because this was such a low moment. I had so nothing left. But every morning, I spent meditating. Every morning, I spent out on a bicycle for a while. And every afternoon, we didn't have much agenda. We really didn't do much. And we did that for a week. And it was weird. And it was awesome. And I felt different after it. Now, I'm going to confess to you that when on the way home, my wife and I said, we are doing that again, maybe three times a year, as Leviticus specifies. We didn't. (laughs) Yeah but I'm going back there in two weeks and I'm going to do that again and maybe this time I'll start the motor running on those longer ones. Death and resurrection. Jesus followed these patterns. Right? Jesus followed these patterns. And I believe, I really do, even if I don't do it, I believe that the only way to fill the empty tank the only way to prepare for the emptiness that's going to come later if you're under 50 years old 40 years old whatever it is is to live patterns to understand that you were created this way we watch we look at Jesus we always say we're we're living to try to pattern ourselves after Jesus Jesus followed these patterns The scriptures tell us that he was home on a Sabbath, and he went into the synagogue. He went into the church as was his custom. Luke says, as was his custom, this is part of his life. This weekly Sabbath pattern was part of Jesus' life. It's what he did. And then Luke tells us again uh, that he was at his house during Passover one time, and it says, and so they went to Jerusalem as was their custom. They followed the week. They followed those yearly patterns. As was their custom This kind of a cute, fun story Of Jesus' brothers are telling him Hey, come to Passover with us And he says, no, I'm not going to go Because everyone, both, of, both sides knew That he was going to get killed if he went to Jerusalem So he says, no, I'm not going to go And then he went anyway He's like, I can't stay away He sneaks there, I, fi- I picture him like in a hoodie Right? Like standing in the corners, it says he stood back and he watched. He couldn't stay away. This pattern was baked so much into his life. Jesus followed these patterns. And then we get other times in Jesus' life where he just needs to get away for a little while. His cousin is beheaded. His cousin is killed. And the next thing Scripture says, Jesus got away. He withdrew. The pressure mounts on him. People were out to get him. And the scripture says the pressure was tight and Jesus got away. Jesus withdrew. Jesus follows these patterns of death and resurrection. Now, I have two things to tell you. A little warnings. Uh, One is following these patterns of death and resurrection will not prevent trouble. They're not patterns that are trying to prevent trouble. They they might prepare you for trouble. They might help your tank be full so when trouble comes, you're ready. But Jesus enters the garden of Gethsemane having lived patterns and says to God, please, I can't bear this, take this away from me. But not my will, your will. That's where the tank filling Church changed things He was able to say I can't bear this But not my will but yours So number one Living patterns is, is what you have to do And it won't prevent the trouble Number two Your friends When you're in this low tank spot Your friends are great You should have your friends and you should bring them But they won't always understand The depth of the emptiness That you're living through They won't always understand it Again, Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus brings his best friends, his best friends, and he says, be with me while I pray. And he leaves, and he comes back, and they're asleep. And he says, what? But here's, here's the thing. Bring them anyway. When they fall asleep, when they can't quite hang with you, understand that's, that's normal. That's, they can't quite get the depth of what you're going through, but bring them anyway. They're going to help you. So those are my just two caveats. These patterns are beautiful and necessary, but they won't prevent trouble. And when you're in it, your friends might not be able to fully understand the depth of the emptiness you're in. And so finally, I want to say this. Jesus said, when he was explaining his way of living, he said, come to me, all you who are burdened. And what? I will give you life. I will give you a mission. I will give you, you know, the fire. I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for i'm gentle and humble and you will find rest for your souls my yoke is easy and my burden is light amazing amazing how jesus describes his way i'm going to pray and then we're going to have a special communion Heavenly Father thanks for these messages thanks for this way thanks for this pattern that you built into us I pray that we can be aware of it we can lean into it we can live with it that we can resonate with your rhythm with your beat with your pattern that we can learn to rest our souls truly my soul finds rest in you Now, as we move into this time of communion, this this time of death and resurrection, can you help fill us, fill us with you? Amen.